Hello, and welcome to the Art of Mini War. I'm Holly. And I'm Aaron. And we're here to talk to you lovely human beings about some more gaming stuff. You know, little, 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 little men and women with weapons punching each other with dice. Yeah, we're recording here from the Gadjo Games Annex, mm-hmm. and with us are our guests today. I'm Todd. And I'm Mark. And they're the Wonder Boys. No, it just sounded like a weird intro, so I felt I'd add to it. Hello yeah. and welcome, Mark and Todd. You are humans, correct? Last time I checked. Oh, Allegedly. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the difference between board games and miniature games, or I guess I should say like board games board versus... Line. War games, kind of that like middle ground area. Yeah, I think a good example is um, Imperial Assault, Space Hulk, that kind of stuff. You know, where it's kind of half a war game, kind of half a board game, and uh, what exactly they are, and you know, just because uh, a lot of people don't talk about those. Yeah. So, um, I mean, one of the biggest names I can think of that does handle that middle ground very well is cool many or not with uh, like zombicide and blood rage and all the cool many or not games which are board games with beautiful with, with miniatures. Nice miniatures and there's also those where they're war games that are just on a board yeah like washington's war which just has yeah the little cardboard duders those old 70s and 80s bookcase games yeah. yeah, like the old Avalon Hill the and all that. Avalon Hill, Starship Troopers and whatever. Yeah, exactly. So we brought these fine folks because they play a number of them and own far too many miniatures. <laughs> Get painting. Oh, wait, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, another one that I know these guys play is Battletech. Oh, yeah. Yep, and Battletech is very much, uh, classic Battletech very much runs like what you would expect as like a board game. It's got a lot of charts and and other such things, but it also is very much also a war game that uh, um, that has the complexity that you would find from a war game in army building and weapons profiles and things along those lines, but it plays on a hex hex mat. Yeah. Yeah, The number of times you've one shot an atlas in the head. Yeah, oh. more times than whoa, more whoa, times whoa. than is reasonably uh, yeah expected. <laughs> it's always the best. I threw armor crit to uh, ammo. Straight box. to ammo. Yeah, oh, God. That's why you always take energy max. <laughs> yeah, oh God, sure. those ammo explosions. <laughs> yeah, even when machine gun ammo goes up, it oh, goes up. Jesus, how many rounds do you have? A thousand. What? Uh, <laughs> you can take that man off now, please. Yeah. He is uh, blown uh, apart into many pieces. Well, the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is, if I remember correctly, it actually does have a ground scale based on each does. hex yeah. is supposed to be a certain amount of size. So mm-hmm. uh, even though you have, like, uh, you know, from giant battle mechs, tanks, infantry, and weather effects, <laughs> um, it, I don't know. It, it just turns out to be a very interesting game. It's definitely complex uh, if, once you get everything into it. Oh, especially because it's, it's been around for 40 years. Now, oh, yeah. Right? And, and <laughs> yeah. So, so it has rules for, like, tornadoes and space combat and like if 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 it could potentially affect a battlefield there's rules for it in the, yeah in also 
it's from the 80s so it already started just chock full of roles like you oh, have yeah. like an encyclopedia of roles just for the original version of it mm-hmm. and then adding 40 years of hey of supplements what and, happens and if wars. this happens and yeah new mm-hmm. wars all the all the new mechs and god there's there's oh, yeah. thousands and thousands of mechs and they're all individual miniatures with all they're all their own armor armor and structure location well, in the yeah, and uh, charts, and, yeah, so and many the, charts. The current edition spans across some, I think, eight rule books or so. Jeez. It's uh, it's got a very yeah. long, and it goes anywhere from like you know your really basic lance on lance, which would be about a pl- uh, well, an armored platoon versus an armored platoon, about four max each. Yeah, um, all the way up to to your grand scale level, where it's uh, got rules to do a grand campaign where you're taking control of an entire house and fighting in a uh, galactic war. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it does have those, but like the way it plays does have those board game elements of being hex based, but also there's more flexibility and it's because you could play it as just a board game, like because the, the initial the 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 current set by uh, what Catalyst Games, right? Catalyst Games, sorry. yeah. I think the new box. Do they have a new full Coming box? Out, yeah, uh, yeah the, not well, out yet. Okay. I don't think it's shipped yet. But... Okay, well, you know, Kickstarters. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I mean, just out of the box, you can just like look at some of the lances. They have a, a quick power level value. I think there's, there's even like use these ones against these and like the main book inter- introductory scenarios. So you could literally buy the box and play it as a board game, which is, I mean, mm-hmm. or you could play it as a war game. It's very, uh, customizable in how you want to play it. And its introductory rules are really basic too. Like it's a it's an easy game kind of like like a like a board game to get into yeah. in that sense if it's you're just, just playing you know, you with the basic stuff. Rules. <laughs> yeah, you do. Find I mean, all the charts. Yeah, yeah it's, you wanna... not, it's pretty basic after you, you get a handle on yeah. it. Yeah. And actually t- talking about like those 70s games and things along those lines, they even have rules in that same core set of eight rule books. They have rules for what I think they call it um uh, it's like battle BattleTech something force or something like like, like a micro force type of thing or whatnot, where they actually do use those NATO style chits, but with like mechs on them to represent like divisions going across a map, and you still use their same their same maps, but the the scale just increases. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a very customizable game as well. I mean, you can customize your individual mechs and. Uh, tanks even infantry uh, from just top down it's huge so yeah i mean uh the one problem with it being such an old game though is um god some of those miniatures really need an update <laughs> oh my god some of them are are, are horrendous they are a bit dated oh man they yeah. do have a certain charm to them though if you're that's, into the... that's why i play inner sphere because they have the goofiest mechs <laughs> that's very I, fair i love the the silly mechs they're very fun well, and it's also created one of the best uh, Terabad uh, just cartoons of all time. <laughs> so yeah. It was, uh, I, I don't think it's possible to actually even find it in stores, but you can find clips on it on YouTube. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, with that sort of thing kind of, you know, spanning both, I mean, you, we can also kind of bring that into, like, the GW games that also do both. Yeah, I mean, the, that started out with, like, as soon as... I mean, their first... Obviously, it started with, like, Warhammer Fantasy, which was a role-playing game. Um, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle. It was originally a, war, a war, uh, war, role-playing game in the vein of uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which, of course, is also started out because you have the grid map and everything. It's kind of a board game as well. But, like, after the, the first, 
like decade of, of GW. I mean, it's chock full of like, we're going to hang out with Milton Bradley and pump out these, these, um, these half board games that we can sell to children so they can buy miniatures later in their life, like space Cru- space crusade and, and space Hulk and, and all that space Marine, the original space Marine game. Um, and even like, uh, the original Adeptus Titanicus was the very first, uh, War game. It's not much of a, not really a board board game, but like that was the first box set that included miniatures and rules because before it didn't exist. You you couldn't go and buy a box that had all the miniatures to start playing and the rules and some terrain. It was the first like you buy this box, you can start playing tomorrow. Because um, before that, you'd have to like up. Oh, you got to go buy the rules from this this place, and then the miniatures are over here, and then you got to make your own terrain. You know. Um, so that was a, 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 a big thing, but like the original getting started box. Basically. Yeah. 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 And that was kind of, I, I feel like that in- influenced a lot from, um, board games at the time. And especially like, Oh man, that reminds me. Have you guys seen the eighties ads for like space crusade? No, no. Oh my God. They're so good. Oh, they're ridiculous. Uh, just this little kid being like, Oh no. Gene Steelers. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Make sure to look that up. It's it's wonderful. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I feel like uh, GW has has had a pretty big hand in that because they they, I think they were actually the first people to start like, we are a miniature company and we're going to start putting out board games that aren't like bookshelf games because originally those were all just bookshelf games. yeah and i mean with their partnership with milton bradley they did put out battle masters which was uh, a uh, board game it was my first venture into miniatures i mean it um which I, I i have a problem with calling it a board game because it required a table the size of kansas um, <laughs> god that map is so big yeah that's the reason when yeah. i played it's it for as a, a kid it's for the floor yeah it's a floor game it definitely is like it would take up my entire living room we'd have yep. to put the dogs mm-hmm. in a different room and, you know, my mom and I simplified the rules so we could get it done in a day because otherwise we just had like a quarter of a floor, like a level of our house unusable because of this board game. Worth it. I mean, f- yes. You get but to fire that cannon, those garbage. Uh, that ogre, though. No, the cannon. The ogre is I so will good. I you. The cannon randomly hits your own troops. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course you'd love that. Uh, it's amazing. Well, then, and then, of course, uh, they also had a, a large list of board games that they made and card games that they made through Fantasy Flight. Yeah, well, in the more recent. Uh, like Chaos in the Old World and uh, Relic, which, of course, is off of... Yeah, uh, Talisman. Yeah, Talisman. Yeah, Talisman. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm working at game stores and yeah. uh they had a talisman bundle it was like it was the base game plus like all of the expansions and it was a really good deal because you yeah. ended up saving like 200 bucks but oh man why would you ever want all of them i mean how bored can you get yeah. it was just because i played i played talisman i think twice and i'm just like this is Monopoly in the fantasy realm. Whoa. It's Monopoly, but you stab people. Like, wow. I mean, it is great. It, it is more fun, but still. I actually, yeah. I, I will admit to kind of liking Talisman, um, which is probably the minority here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of like, uh, it reminded me of sort of like D&D Lite. 
in a lot yeah, of ways where you're going fair. around and you know like there's things to do in town and there's like the the expansions we're adding the other areas going off to the sides i actually enjoyed it more than the than the 40k variant relic or 30k variant excuse me um but it is definitely one of those games like i think you you caught it pretty well when you said it's like fantasy monopoly because it does kind of seem that way yeah <laughs> in yeah. a lot of ways it's just the whole i roll a die and this is how many things i can go and yeah. it's just it seemed like it it's very basic game design and i'm really glad that board game development has evolved a lot since then oh yeah because it just it seems very bare bones to us now because we're so used to modern board gaming where the systems are a lot more streamlined you're not relying on oh gotta roll to see you know if i move or you know it's just there's especially because more board games today rely more on like cards and like effects and that sort of thing yeah instead of you moved seven squares look because at you, you rolled a seven look at you you rolled a seven and oh look there's a you happened to land on this square yeah because that's i mean from a game design standpoint it's hard to kind of account for that I mean, it's just, it's very arbitrary and it's just kind of a, it feels like a placeholder. Every time I play a game that's like, you moved this many because you rolled this many. Yeah. It feels like a placeholder. In le- there's, I mean, there's a, there's some more games that you roll randomly for movement, but that's deliberate to like make it feel more realistic in that like, you can't, might not be able to control your troops mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Like Sharp Practice is a great example of the two Fat Larry's games. Black Powder, you, you pick a point on the map and you say move here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's a bit different because it's um, how many times you True. get to move. Yep. Whereas this is just like you roll, you spent two actions, so you roll two dice, and that's how far you move. But it's more to represent the the uh, chaos of battle rather than like I'm buying property. Yeah. yeah. Or I, I want to go ruin that goblin's day by stabbing him repeatedly until he's dead. Hope I yeah. roll to go, you know, get find the thing. Him. It helps offset like calculated measures and things, measurements yeah. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but like in like Monopoly and stuff like that, it just makes it feel like it's not a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's I mean, like, it isn't. It is the the ugh, Monopoly is the worst game. Yeah, it's like roll. Congratulations, you can roll a cube. Great. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Congratulations, you did it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. You know, just a very different style of game than, like, with what GW is doing now with, like, Silver Tower and Blackstone oh, Fortress, yeah, yeah. which you have the... I feel like that the way they do that makes sense because the, the, the you have, like, four slots, four dice, and you roll the dice, and each whatever the number on the dice, the higher the number of the dice is, the more complex action you can use. But you could use all four of them to move because uh, any dice you can move with. So I feel like it's more resource management rather than like nope you just rolled a one so you don't do like (laughs) yeah and i really like that because it makes you consider what you can do and how to prioritize what you're doing what to do and when yeah yeah well the other thing that's cool about speaking of uh, blackstone fortress is the initiative how that works it's uh it's randomized every turn yeah um but you can mess with it a little bit yeah there, there is a little bit of alteration you can do well i mean it, it kind of feels like those uh tactical strategy games that were kind of like you know yeah, like xcom or, or yeah xcom or yeah. like final fantasy tactics yeah yeah those lines where you have that initiative bar up top well blackstone fortress does essentially the same thing but with cards and it really it comes out really well yeah because especially like when you first 
look at the drop of the initiative order, you're like, oh, I just hope these guys don't go before me, because if I do, I might die. Um, it really it, it puts more um, threat into it. Because if it was like, it's our turn, then the enemy's turn, it's our turn, then the enemy's turn, then you know when things are, are, are going to happen and you can't, it's way more, it's easier to plan for. Because like, if you're the last in that initiative line, you have no idea. You could, you could go first, you could go last, and it could just be like, oh, all four guys, they're, they're all going to kill me now. Yeah, which you have no idea. is something I like with um, Steamforge, um, their Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. It relies on cards for that, and the boss's movement is a deck of cards that is shuffled. Then is re- like move set. it, yeah. It's a move set that happens, and it's the same move set. So you learn it like in the actual Dark Souls game, where it's like, oh, well, you this slowly is learn their moveset. yeah. You you learn their move set, but I like that it does change halfway through once you get the boss down to half health. You shuffle the deck. You add new moves into it, so then you have so to you don't relearn really order it anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the same idea as like using cards for that initiative and for yeah. movement to make it a much more varied and replayable game. Yeah. Well, and it makes it so that you can really um, you can really play against the board uh, because between the the uh, movement that the enemies do, uh, I mean, it, it's it, we have a GM in our games, but. I think you could really get away with not having one you because of play, how initiative yeah, works with, and everything With Blackstone Fortress, you can play it just by yourself. Mm-hmm. You can control all four and the enemy, and it, 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 works it would run fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- speaking of card initiative systems, uh, Sharp Practice, I just I just tried out my first game last night, actually. Um, they have a really interesting system where um, the turn can end randomly. In the deck, um, there's what's called the Tiffin card. Whenever you pull the Tiffin card, the turn's end, turn ends immediately. So if you if any of your stuff is under the Tiffin card, it doesn't get to go. Um, um, so basically, you'll have you'll mark all your leaders like leader one, two, three, four, however many leaders you have, and each of those guys um, leads like a unit or helps another guy lead a unit or whatever, depending on how good a general they are, or what, uh, lieutenant or whatever. Um, uh, and then they have like flags which let you do special stuff like. Uh, reload better or do some extra command but but regardless um i find it really interesting how random that is and kind of fighting against randomness as well as your opponent i find uh, very interesting and not just randomness in that like my dice are random um adding that extra layer of randomness to even just activation is really interesting because then it leads to more i i feel like it leads to more you can be more heroic randomly like you never know who's gonna go four times in a row and then just blast a hundred dudes or like uh one flank might do nothing the entire game they might just sit there fire once or twice and then just like uh, shit their pants for the rest of the game and i think that adds nothing i think that adds a lot more like strategic thinking to it because you really have to think about what units you want to activate first and uh blucher which is another um, that is, yeah, that, that a, is a very. It's a war system. game, but it's also a card game, and it's kind of like a board game. It's sort of this interesting mix. It does something similar where your uh, opponent actually rolls how many you roll dice, and that dice number is how many activations your opponent gets. Yeah, and they don't know the number you rolled, and they don't know the number. You'll you just rolled. if if you're the opponent and you rolled like a seven, once they move seven or more guys, because you can move more if you do group actions. Um, but once you move that many or more. You just tell them you're done. 
And you don't, that's it. You're, you're and then done. you reveal the dice and you show them, they go, oh, yeah, you, you know, yep. you got your, mm-hmm. your seven activations. But it really makes you have to think about how you want it. Because Blucher uh, is on a, a larger scale. You're, you're playing with divisions and cores. Yeah. And so it really makes you have to think on how you, on like what's really important to activate on your turn. Well, the other thing that's kind of neat about Blucher is how they did kind of like a fog of war. Because you don't know oh, yeah. what's on the other side of you until you're close enough to reveal it. Yeah, because because uh, for those of you who don't know what Blucher is, um, a quick explanation. It's um, so it is a war game. I would argue it's a war game, but it uses cards as the units, um, and you don't really use terrain because it's such a high scale. You'll put it down like flat terrain because like building one millimeter terrain would be silly, or two, or whatever the actual scale would be. It would be so minuscule it wouldn't really matter. So you put down little areas like a little square as a town or whatever. Um, but um, they're, 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 they're big cards, um, and that's your whole unit, and it'll have a front and all your stats on one side, and the other side is just your country flag. So you'll, you'll put down all your stuff in secret across the line, and then you'll move them up. And then uh, it's, it's, it's a really good game. I think it's really interesting. So. Um, and also, like, it's cheap. That's a very important thing. Is, and is, it's a war game that's cheap. Those don't exist much unless you're playing six mil. And not going nuts. Yeah, your armies exist as essentially like a, a poker deck. They're the the cards are about are the same size of a poker card. Yep. And uh, I mean, you just buy you buy a deck and you have that entire faction and in, in a nice little you know card carrying box and that's your army that you bring with you. The rules yep. are really simple, but they're also intuitive. It, it you can have like really fun, very strategic games, but it's also uh, has a nice simplicity to it. Because how much is like an army? How much is like one of the army oh, decks? I think they're like. I mean, you get them through. You can get them through like a drive-through RPG or something like mm-hmm. that, or drive drive-through cards. I think is what it is. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you can buy them for I think it's like fifteen bucks, maybe 15 less. Bucks for like every unit yeah. in the army, and you can yeah. get like a hard plastic case with it too. That's what I ended up doing. And yeah. And it's just really easy. I mean, you know, I like you have you have all of them. In the, I do, and yeah. it's like what maybe a hundred bucks total. Oh, I don't even think it's that much. Yeah, like it, for because what yeah. four five five armies total. Yeah, it's like five or, five or six armies, something like a, that. There's a Spanish, French. Yeah, and they have French they had a campaign Austrian. expansion as well. I think there's six, but yeah. yeah so yeah, there's a lot. It's, uh, French, British, Austrians, Prussians, Ottomans, Russians, um, Brunswick. Well, they're part of the British, yeah. But oh, Spanish as well. Yeah, um, but that yeah. is something to to, to keep in uh, in mind too. Actually, the game is really good about bringing out a lot of like historical units. Like the French have the the Polish Vistula, yeah, and uh, they have you know other other like allies represented into their armies, and it really makes for a very interesting Napoleonic's game. Yeah, because even on the card, like even in an army building, you can just army build straight from the cards. There's not like a book to army reference, um, like. On, on like say a Russian militia card it's like two to four in the corner so you know you mm-hmm. need two and can buy up to four or whatever the numbers are and it'll have the points as well so it's you can just like grab two decks and the small rule book and like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, so it's a wonderful cheap game yeah if I remember correctly, there's a campaign-specific list that you could do as well, like if it's Peninsula oh, yeah, Wars. Yeah, they do have that, there that campaign are, yep, system. They have the 100 Days, never tried that. 100 Days Wars. Uh, that's their own built campaign that has specific units that are based off of real historical units, as well as the Peninsula Wars, or the, the War of the Peninsula. Yeah. Um, with their own specific units as well. But they do have a really good campaign system. Uh, we haven't tried it yet, but no. I've, I've looked over it, and it, it looks really good. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and it even has like campaign movement and things along those lines. Yeah, um, it's just a great. It's a really easy, great system. It's cheap, and it, yeah. So if you wanna, cheap. if you want a cheap little game, uh, if you wanna just dip your toe in Napoleonics, 
Honestly, it's a perfect way to do it. Yeah, Blucher Honor. That's the. Uh... And even if you if you get really into it, you can buy like 15, 10, 15 mil, whatever scale you want, and just put them over the little card picture, and now it's a, suddenly a miniatures game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's really cool. And um, it just kind of reminded me of like uh, Memoir Forty Four, which is a World War Two game yeah. with. It's got the little tiny itty bitty, like adorable tiny tanks and dudes and stuff. It's a platoon scale. Um, so it's it's a little bit different, but just yeah. it is a board game that features that uses you know, miniatures instead of yeah. like cubes. Like yeah. And it's it's hex based and you have command cards and that sort of thing. So it's kind of also straddling that war there's game. A, there's a ton of expansions for that. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, and, you could really just buy Memoir 44 and play it for years. Yeah, you could. You like I Which man, I'd get bored with that. But yeah. <laughs> it does It's fine. It's fine. Like, uh, I I got to play so many games though. Yeah, I know. I got so many games to play. Well, I just play that one. Fair, but still it does have a high replayability. <laughs> it does. Yes. So that I like that it is kind of that nice little spot sitting nicely between miniature game war game board game and just yeah. has kind of the best aspects of all of them yeah whereas like uh washington's war that's is... more of an old bookcase game yeah does it Which... even have minis no it's yeah. uh so that's an old bookcase game. it is an old bookcase but, game like, but like new, but right? it's new and yeah. i like that it it reflects that it's new and it, but it still it's has a lot... like not horrible game design yeah like some of those old bookcase games that oh are my goodness horribly unplayable yeah, and you're them. just like reading through this going... Who designed this? <laughs> yeah. It's like it feels like a computer just spit out like a bunch of random rules. And you're yeah. just like, what even do you do with anything? <laughs> you just sit there reading it. It's like, am I dumb? Like you just read it and it's just incomprehensible. Yeah. It's just like a pile of rules that don't work with each other. And you, it. I've tried a couple like reading through them. And I'm just like, I'm. these are cool. It's not worth it. These are cool to have on yeah. the shelf. They're really neat to look at. Man, these. Yeah, my dad has, I think, hundreds of them in the in the, in, in the supply or the storage room at, at his house. So there's a lot. I have opened many of them and immediately closed them. Yeah. Oh God, they're so inaccessible. Yeah, and I mean, we're spoiled by well, yes. modern game design, which I'm okay with. Uh, yes, yes, please. I would much rather have playable games than deal with. So, I'm really interested in the Spanish Civil War. There is only one game of it. Like, yeah. And it's not good. <laughs> but so, I have to. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, the way things have come, I mean, even in the last 10 years with gaming, like looking at what's released within, you know, from the early 2000s to now, yeah. there's just been incredibly rapid development and making things easier more streamlined but also playing with new mechanics and yeah yeah and discovering what new ways to do stuff that are still simple but but like they reflect big things well and i think that's one advantage that uh, newer games definitely have Uh, a lot of older games like you said reading through the rules or whatnot a lot of those older bookshelf games were really complicated and even like kind of going back to like classic BattleTech, classic BattleTech could get very complicated as well. But we've sort of had the benefit of, of years of game design coming out, where rule sets have been. You know, people the the people who create rules now have played multiple systems, and 
they've been able to take what's good and what's bad and try and simplify things enough where it's a very interesting game while keeping it complex enough to to continue to stay interesting yeah to keep keep it grindy enough so it feels because a lot of times if it's just like this role represents these eight things it's like well i don't care (laughs) but like if you have it just finding that tipping point that that nice meeting ground between complex and 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 intuitive and it's it can be rough sometimes yeah that's something i like about like x-wing it's super easy to learn yeah like you can teach someone in 10 minutes how to play x-wing but it takes a lot to do something to be very good at it yeah yeah, I think uh, Fantasy Flight does a good job at at stuff like that. I think where um, it That's looks really live is that that mid ground. It really is. I mean, yeah. it, it can look really simple on the on the outside, but then some of the like when you start getting into the mechanics of their games, you can start to to recognize that there's really quite a lot more clever tricks that you can actually do. Yeah, and uh, what the importance of their you know, I mean, they they use their own dice for most of their systems. Which it's not like bothers me. Well, yeah, I mean, it can be, dice are one of my yeah. Pet it can be kind of it can be kind of. Uh, it can be kind of weird and frustrating, especially if you're like a, you know, like if you play role-playing games, you already have every kind of dice under the sun. Yeah, and then it's like, well, and then you need the special dice the, for them. I, but I think the biggest problem with it, and it's it's from old GW games, like um, the uh, sustained fire dice from old Necromunda and oh, Great yeah. Morka, mm-hmm. and and the old artillery dice. It's very hard to go back and play those games because they don't make them anymore. And that's what I like. Also, like with Blackstone Fortress, they switched to proprietary dice, which really bothers me as well. Because like, if I lose one of those. I have to go buy another damn set yeah. to get more dice of that. That's ridiculous. I that proprietary dice are a giant pet peeve of mine, and I find it just a, a terrible decision. I, yeah. I agree. I, I do believe that uh, having your own dice is kind of a, a poor design, um, especially for the longevity of a game. Yeah, it's yeah, ma- it's mainly sure. just for the longevity. Like, I can understand why people have it. Yeah, like it, you can do more stuff with it, or it can make it simpler. Because understanding a symbol, that symbol means this, is either than like, I rolled a three. What's a three? What's this? It does this. Right, it's like right. another step sometimes. But like, you don't know if if it's going to sell well or if you can, like if it dies, nobody's going to be able to play it ever again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they do have, um, uh, and th- although this is <laughs> probably heretical amongst uh, wargaming communities, they do have an app, like a dice app. But I know Ooh, everybody here. Heretic. Yeah. Get out. None of I us, play orcs and I don't use that. Absolutely none of us would use a dice no, app for anything. No. We, we, we all Unless I absolutely that. had to. Yeah, no. we want that tactile. All of a sudden <laughs> my dice rolls would become average. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, maybe I should start using a dice app. <laughs> yeah, I have um, real big issues with that just because I feel like it detracts from the experience. And I've gone to events at conventions where there have been like beer and pretzels events where it's just like oh yeah it's for fun and someone's like tipping his ipad at me showing me what he rolled i'm like roll the damn dice i'm like roll yeah. dice you roll have di- it does it's, take away from the immersion for it's not sure fun. yeah um of just getting into the game and things along those lines uh there's definitely excitement about rolling the dice and seeing something like yeah. tipping and you're like oh i can see that six and then it rolls over and you get a one you're like well crap and then, yeah and also like I mean, the dice superstition goes away. It's like, the app didn't do it. 
Yeah, Instead of like true. these dice are garbage. Yeah, like, I must punish and, these dice. And it's a it's uh, yeah. a it's a real thing. Like logic, <laughs> logically, we know that it's not the dice's fault or anything along those lines. But, but we know in our hearts, like, it's the dice. It's the dice's fault. Yeah, <laughs> spoken like a true orc player. But you like, know yeah. these dice are the bad ones. I'm gonna use the, these ones are good at lasers, and these ones are good at bullets. Or I know that. <laughs> or my unit just failed every single save. These dice are going in timeout. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, like you said with uh, the dice representing things, like, I was playing Blood Bowl last night. Oh, yeah. And I do think that those proprietary dice do add a, the quite a lot. The dice are, are a bit different. Yeah. You couldn't, it'd be hard to represent those on a D6, I feel. Exactly. So, that's something where that's I feel like... That's one of those like, where I feel like it, it works really well. And that's another board miniature game. Yeah. Board game miniature game. Yeah, like... um. Between oh, Blood Bowl, oh, yeah, we've we've my been heart playing. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, we've been playing Blood Bowl uh, lately, and also uh, Warhammer Underworlds as well. Yeah, and both of those do have their proprietary dice for that, but I feel like they do they do it well. I don't feel like you need it. I feel like Underworlds is just pointless for this proprietary dice. Honestly, I don't think it matters. I don't think you, you need it. You could have a chart. That one well, you could even, uh, easily. Because, like, for dodges, there's one dodge and one crit. You could just say sixes are crits, fives are dodge, four and three are block. I, I mean, like, or, or a block save is a four up, a dodge save is a five up, and all sixes are crits. You, It's not, and the same with swords and hammers. I, I feel like it doesn't add anything to it. Yeah, but I don't feel like it detracts either. <sighs> I, it, it just seems pointless to me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I feel uh, the. I think the only thing that it makes it better is um, stuff like cleave in that game, where you don't. You only. But I mean, you could write that in too. Like, it's 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 not. I don't know. I just I don't like proprietary dice usually. I I think my biggest problem with it actually just comes down to trying to keep track of all that individual dice. Like, what does this dice go to? And oh I mean, yeah, you, you have a ton of them. With, yeah. yeah. And the, again, the Fantasy Flight games is a fine example of this, especially because you know we played oh, yeah, Armada and Imperial Assault. Do they don't use all the same dice. No, no, oh, my no, they don't. Actually, neither does their neither does their Star Wars role playing. Yeah, their role playing game, game has proprietary has okay, dice. That's yeah. Yeah. Fantasy Flight just come up with one damn dice system. <laughs> or you, you just, monsters? Or like you have all you have the Star Wars license. Yeah. So make Those are Star, Star Wars, Wars dice. dice, and they work for every Star Wars system. That, that would that be would fine. be fine. Yeah. yeah. But no, these are my Legion dice. These are my X-Wing dice. These are my Armada dice. They're all different. Like, yeah, well, get the hell out of here. Yeah, you know, they have the same, It's they're just mono mono-colored yeah. dice, so they have similar looks to it. So, like, oh, you, don't, God, you really don't want to mix it up. Like, you wouldn't want to mix up your, your Legion dice with your Armada dice with your Imperial Assault dice. Well, and in general, they use the same colors. So that's yes. the thing. Yeah. So, because they God. use the same plastics for are their dice. So, like, yes. I, I only picked up X-Wing, oh. so I only have X-Wing dice. But, oh my goodness, like, with the people who play all of them, because when I worked at uh, Highlander in, when I was in New Jersey, they had uh, Tuesday nights for Star Wars night, and the, all of the games were represented. Oh god, so if you lose a dice, you don't know who the fuck it goes to. Oh yeah. You, or what game. Oh no. You're just like, uh, so, bad. well, you could look at it and be like, okay, so this after you look at it for like five minutes, you're like, this is next wing. This is is what it is. Um, <laughs> well, and, it, and admittedly, it's not, it's not too bad for like their, the, for like the normal games. I think the, um, the one that looks, I, you could definitely make stuff up. That would be pretty easy, I think. But 
the one that looks like it'd be most infuriating really is actually the role-playing game because it's not just a small amount of dice. Oh, God. Uh, where Armada has, like, I think four different colors of dice, their role-playing game has a plethora of dice. It is so many different dice, and they're all it's all proprietary dice. I mean, and you look at it, and, and it's, you know, from, like, your normal D6s to D8s to, I think they even have, like, a D20 and D10s that are just their own version of these things, and you look at it, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, this is confusing. Um, some of them are the, you know, it would still be, like, two different types of D6s, but they're different colored dice. And Yeah, so it's, yeah. like, a f- double set of polys. But they're all proprietary. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, it's it looks complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does no, work you. within their role-playing system because I've, um, I haven't played it, but I worked at a store that did it, so I was, like, around when they would play it. And it's cool. I really like the way it works. It makes it really easy to know if you succeeded or failed, which, for role-playing, yeah. helps with the immersion because it makes it go quicker. Instead but, of like, oh, you rolled a seven and not an eight, so yeah. you didn't get it. Well, yeah. and I mean, yeah. it brings a, it, it does bring a like a, a certain degree of complexity into every dice roll as well. It's not like just uh, Dungeons and Dragons where you might have a weapon that's like a one d six plus two. Yeah, you know something like that. Instead, you might be firing a blaster. We we played um, like an introductory thing, and uh, you might fire like a blaster, but then you want to you know add some kind of spend something to to add another colored dice to it or whatnot, just to bring a, a sort of a boon to the uh to the role so that's kind of cool but it, it can be you know kind of interesting to yeah to try and decipher what exactly you got yeah well in a imperial assault's kind of like that too because you have the surges on the dice that will oh, yeah. choose an extra benefit um and, and well, they use the surges on in in legion as well right they do yeah, yes yeah. they do well yeah yeah uh, not the same symbol. <laughs> of course not. That would make that, sense. That would have been. Why would that would have been easier? That? But it, does, <laughs> it, it works well in, in both games, though. Right. Yeah. You no, know, it really does, and I do like it because you could have something that's the equivalent of like a four-up save in Warhammer, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden you also have the benefit of that particular unit or character benefits from surge, and now it's a three-up. Well, save. And, yeah. and then the other so. the other thing it brings to things uh, brings to games as well is that unlike Warhammer, where you just you roll your dice and you have your flat stats. Um, in something like Legion, when you roll your dice, you might get a surge, and if you have like an aggressive surge, it's sort of like the equivalent of getting like a critical hit. Sort of almost like a, not quite like a role-playing aspect, but what you'd kind of think of as like a role-playing aspect in that sense, or like a way to get a good, you know, you can think of it any way you want, like a, a headshot or whatever you, you want, yeah. but where you go, that was a really good hit. Yeah. Well, in uh, Imperial Assault, it is kind of interesting because you don't have weapon ranges. Yeah. Um, instead, you're... The range that you shot the out to is range or whatever, the, yeah. it's yeah. actually on the dice. Mm-hmm. It's uh, accuracy. You have a number on the dice. That's your accuracy and how far you actually managed to, to shoot out to and hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you if you hit short, you missed. And for <laughs> those of for those of you who haven't played Imperial Assault, but might have played something like Blackstone Fortress, they um they they're not the, like they're not the same kind of game, but it sort of has some similar feelings to it in the sense that you're kind of going through a story, uh, a story arc, rebels yeah. versus Imperials, things like that. Um, I will admit, I do really like going back to. I can't praise the initiative system enough in Blackstone Fortress. Right, it is yeah. it is a much better system uh, because in in Imperial Assault, I mean Imperial Assault's built for two players or more, so you should really have a, a, a someone controlling the Imperial players. But the beauty to something like Blackstone Fortress is with that system that they have going in the charts, you can really play against the board with a bunch of friends. Like if there's four of you and nobody wants to play, quote unquote, the bad guys. The misunderstood um, can, guys, excuse, the, excuse me. There we go. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the game master yeah. for our group, so they're the misunderstood They're the misunderstood guys. Yeah, chaos. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh. They're misunderstood gentlemen. Yeah, chaos is just Aren't massively there some women? misunderstood. Uh, no, not on the bad guys. 
Um, there aren't any. Sexist. Men are evil. No, going back to Imperial Assault, because that's another game that's kind of a mix between a, a board game and a miniatures game. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good example. Um, and it, it really, it's it's one of the, and it's actually kind of has our RPG aspects as well, because you can yes. yep. you can play it two ways. You have a skirmish mode, which is your classic. Uh, yeah, you that's, know, the only, that's the only way I've played. Yeah, you, you both show up. You can't play and, scum and... and, and, and yeah, I can only play scum. That's yeah, why scum. I can't play Legion. There's no, there's no just garbage people. Trying scum, to scum is controlled by the uh, <laughs> scum and Imperials would be controlled by the GM in yeah. like a normal yeah. game, um, and um, of course the players usually play rebels. But yeah, in the campaign you have uh, it, the rebels for the majority of the the models in the game are heroes. So yeah. then there's just a handful of their actual troops, whereas the scum and the Imperials are mostly troopers, and there's less heroes. So uh, the thing that makes it interesting is with Imperial Assault is when you play a campaign, it's kind of like playing a miniature RPG, and I, th- I feel like a lot of it is without as much like uh, bookkeeping. bookkeeping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have your separate characters; they have their strengths and weaknesses. They have their own equipment decks, um, abilities, and they progress. And now the the GM or the person playing the the opposition is, uh, I mean, they can get some characters in kind of randomly it's not really guaranteed a lot of times uh they bring in regular troops and just reinforce and it's just these heroes busting through a lot of regular troops trying to reach meet an objective and they have yeah and it's kind of, they're kind of a like it's a timed mission you gotta like yeah and the bad so guys terms. are really there to just slow you down not yeah. to actually be a, much yeah. of a they're, threat yeah they try and slow down or stop um they can prevent you from completing all the objectives which will actually change mm-hmm. the story arc that that feels really interesting that's cool yeah well and i do like how they do um uh talk about like the rpg elements to it being sort of like a board game rpg type thing um uh, i do really like how like the the different character packs that they come out with have their own side arcs that that go into the campaign yes yeah you you add in a whole nother arc into a into the like a into the campaign so if you got like obi-wan kenobi he comes with his own side missions as well That's that cool. gets brought into the campaign. So it does. It brings a lot of like the, the 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 games can be really extensive, and there's a lot of replayability to it because you know you you change up your your group composition and things along those and lines. And then all your from campaign all your campaign. side stories change. And yeah. then all your stories change. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and now with the companion app, from what I understand, it's supposed to make it so that you can have the app actually run the like the the Imperial forces. So. Oh. So, oh really? Yeah. That's that's awesome. I believe that's, that's believe, cool. I haven't looked too much into it, but uh, watching a few YouTube videos on it, it sounded like that was one of those things that actually really helps with the uh, to make it kind of a, if you wanted to play it solo. Even. See, and I, I kind of prefer that because like that and like Blackstone Fortress, um, I think those are really those really good uh, co-op you versus the board yeah. style games. And it comes out really fun because I, mean, I mean, it's not bad being a GM, but I mean, as GMs will know, like I've GM'd or DM'd, however you want to call it. Yeah, it depends on. Uh, depending on the system or whatnot, I've... I've you know, done that for role-playing games and things along those lines. Well, sometimes you just want to be the player. Yeah. And so, like, with, like, that, if the app allows you to do that, and then Blackstone Fortress especially, it would be mm-hmm. so easy for just anyone to be like, okay, we're playing against the board, but we really are the players. Yeah. And you just roll on the charts to see what happens. And I think that brings about a really good, fun, sort of, like, you know... Well, because who doesn't want to be a big, stompy, giant, invulnerable robot? <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> How dare you save every single shot I threw at you? Except the thunder hammer. And I that do you, beat it vulnerable. That you stole from me. How dare you steal my thunder hammer? <laughs> you, did, you did take the, the thunder hammer from his cold, dead hands. Which you really don't need. It's the exact same as your normal attack. 
I don't know why you I, took it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even, uh, I don't think I used its ability once. Um, usually if I hit something, it died. <laughs> yeah, it was shiny yes. and he wanted it. <laughs> That's fair. It is nice and shiny. Now I gotta paint the psychers. <laughs> uh, making me paint stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. So, with because um, a trend I've noticed in game design in this kind of miniatures and miniatures adjacent games is like an X-wing with the templates, which is something I noticed with uh, Speed Freaks. Like movement templates. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you know. You pre-program movement, and then you follow through with these templates. And I think that's interesting because it's similar to a lot of traditional miniature war games where you're measuring out movement. and um, But that definitely takes into account just space itself. Yeah, yeah. More so than, I can do geometry. This is how, you know, measures and angles work. It's like, well, you've got to calculate... Like you've got to think through your curve, and you've got to mm -hmm. think through your movement, and hope you'll, and also think where your enemy is probably thinking of going, and where you're going to go. Because mm -hmm. I had friends, oh, I've played with people who are really bad at crashing into their own ships. It's like uh, that would be me. Todd. I do that. Yep, I would do that all. Star Wars time. Armada. I'm consistently, uh, accidentally ramming my own ships. <laughs> or asteroids, I just, or debris. I, I do not know how to slow down. You just got to get a bunch of those hammerheads and then just point them at him. Yeah. Oh no, that's what he crashed with. <laughs> that's what he crashed with. <laughs> oh well, then I mean, you did your job just you know at the wrong person <laughs> todd then uh speed freaks might be the game for you uh, because yeah. um <laughs> crashing is part of it so it's very that sounds like yes. a very orky thing to do yeah absolutely. so I, I think we need to retire you from x-wing and um and armada, just, and, armada yeah. and just be like you know what just oh, speed freaks it's just yeah. speed you might freaks. have a higher win percentage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. true. Uh, yeah, Armada, you definitely crashing into another ship is definitely the thing you don't want to do. Yeah, I disagree. It sounds fun. Well, well you're an orc player and yep. should play speed freaks. So. Uh, yeah. Well, Gorkamork is better, but hey, I'll try it. Uh, no, it, the thing about the movement templates, though, actually, that is one thing that I do feel actually adds to the game quite a bit. My reasoning is that. Uh, and this is one of my beefs with uh, games like you know, 40k or even games that allow pre-measurement. Um, actually, a fine example is Kings of War. Yes. Yeah. You can always oh, God, be in the perfect Ugh. position at all times. Yeah. To be, oh, I'm a centimeter out from being charged. Or, you know, you know things like that. Or King I can shoot and you can't hit me. Yeah, when Kings of War is infuriating. When there's no random so close. It, yeah, in range. It's very that, that I don't like that when it's very counterable to counter somebody else's movement. Yeah, when it's a little just more, doesn't feel good. Yeah. yeah, and I mean you could you could potent. I mean if you're really good at you know understanding how measurement works in the game, you could potentially counter movement and it's something you, you like can. Armada. But for the oh, average yeah. person, and especially me, because I'm terrible at moving in that game. <laughs> um, for the average person, I don't think you'd be able to counter anybody's movement really. Like, yeah. I don't know when to slow down. I have a hard time getting around. I mean, like, I suck on the movement side of things. It is so <laughs> bad. I'm just like, I want to get in range and just start hitting them with, you know, my, my black torpedo dice and whatnot. And and then instead, I end up going right up the <laughs> right up the backside of the ship and be like, well, I collided. <laughs> yeah, and I think it does represent um, the unpredictability of a skirmish. Using X-Wing as an example, it's a dogfight in space and knowing exactly where everybody is going to be in any given moment is impossible. You just yeah. can't know. 
Well, and you have to decide your moves beforehand, right? Yeah. Before the turn yeah, you got it. And See, I, I like that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. The, that's um, good. And you have to in Armada as well. You have Your speed is set. Well, unless you, change you have a little flexibility the in the move just because yeah. of how the, the pips work. But true, I mean, true. Um, yeah. X-Wing's a little bit more. X-Wing's more, I'm doing this move. Yeah. It's like so. I'm moving forward. You know, I'm using the two template with the hard turn. Yeah. So I'm going here. Yep. And you've already determined that. And the order in which you activate will affect things because you don't want to be in a place where you're trying to get another thing and you're kind of directing traffic through your space and doing it in a way where you're going to end up where you need to be, hopefully not crashed into asteroids yourself. If, actually, I play a lot of A-Wing, so I can bounce off uh, my enemies, and that's fine because I take those upgrades. But that's because... I like know to, you're gonna mess it up. Yeah, well, I well no. The goal with those is to get real up close and personal ah. because a lot of them have special rules where it's like, hey, if you're up someone's nose, you get you many know, more dice or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I, I think the um, is it? There's a couple of years old game that that died out uh, called Wings of War, uh, which was World War One. I. I never played the the World War Two one. It, they added way too many rules to it that it just didn't bother. I was just like, meh. It looks way more complex than I want to deal with. But basically, you'd buy a plane, and the plane would come with the deck. And the deck would have, each card would be a movement template. And that was it. You would just put it down in front of your thing. You'd go to the end of the arrow. So each, some some of, some of them, um, mainly the German triplanes, the bastards, um, <laughs> they had these insane turns. And if you're playing as the uh, the allies against the central central jerks um <laughs> then uh you're just you're just quick but you can't turn for any you just can't turn to save your life i greatly enjoyed that game it was fun yeah, it was it, it was, was fun game. it was solid. um yeah because you just had like your weapons were like they were either a b or c weapons and they had different decks so some of them were bigger or, i, or I will so say whatever. though about that game uh having a rear gunner was like the end all oh you just won yeah, that yeah was... you just won the game yep yep no, yeah. um, and that game has an interesting dynamic too yeah. between being like a board game slash uh, miniatures game. I mean, it's very much a miniatures game in that sense, but there's not really terrain yeah. to put down. Obviously, no. you're flat, you know, you're in the sky. You could play on a real small table. Yeah, too. And you could play on a small table. Like you're not doing the normal. I mean, most tabletop games are you know a four by six. Most board yeah. games, yeah. Are regulation small, size. Yeah. And yeah, but I feel like uh, X Wing is kind of an evolution of that. Now, I haven't actually yeah, played X Wing myself, but just watching video of it, it definitely seems very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. They, they, they seem to just to borrow that kind of thing, um, but more flexible because it was a little it'll, it was a little hard because everything was set exactly by the template. Oh, and there was uh, uh, how uh, oh my gosh your altitude. Yeah, there's yeah, altitude. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. each of them mattered. Um, there was altitude. There was pips. Or Some whatever. cards could let you go up or down. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, something I like with X-wing is you're not worrying about altitude. Yeah, altitude. So altitude it, is annoying. And to that's me. something I have issues with a lot of flight mechanics with altitude. Yeah. Like looking at drop fleet, and it just I feel like drop fleet I feel is a bit different though. That one's a little bit different, but I still think it it bogs things down a little bit. Yes. Like I like thinking of like I understand you're trying to represent a three dimensional space. But when you're dealing with a miniatures game with flight, yeah. it's just, I feel like you just kind of have to accept the two-dimensional aspect of War- it. Warlord's new uh, Blood Red Skies is actually interesting because you're either advantaged or disadvantaged. That's it. So you you tilt your, your, your plane up if they're advantaged and down if they're disadvantaged. And you don't actually take damage if you, if you get hit and you're not, um, and you don't 
save it with your agility, then you'd go down a, an advantage level. And if you're already disadvantaged, that's when you crash. Okay. Um, it's it's it, and and those who are advantaged go first as well. So like getting all the advantage, your guys advantaged, is 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 part of the the game. But you can sacrifice your advantage to go further or do more maneuvers and stuff. And I feel like that's a really good way to have altitude be in the game without it being cumbersome. I do feel like um, Armada kind of has a similar. Uh, so Armada doesn't necessarily represent a three three dimensional space, but um, I think. They, they, in a way, they kind of do just because uh, you don't get collisions if you can actually... If your movement will take you completely past a ship, even if you go right through it. Yeah, because you're going under. As long as the base yeah. goes over. past it, you go over or under it. So you don't count as being as colliding. And that way it makes things... So unless you want to. Uh, unless you want to, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it, it makes things far more streamlined. It's a lot easier to deal with. You're not having to worry about, okay, do I go up? Do I go under? And there's... I mean, you know, you look at it and you go, well, it's it's kind of hard to represent... You don't have to play chicken with the other guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's, it's hard to represent a three-dimensional space on a two-dimensional table in terms of, like... I mean, the, the models, of course, are 3D and things like that, but your movement is very much flat i mean yeah you're not you know you couldn't just suddenly be like well i'm just gonna take it off its stand and, and whatnot and somehow it's gonna be fine but i think it's uh that's like a good easy way to sort of get that in because i will agree like having to deal with altitude is it's, it's real, just annoying getting into that nitty-gritty can be obnoxious yeah yeah, I, yeah absolutely uh I, I don't know i think the other thing too is with space uh, i mean you don't have gravity <laughs> like I mean, yeah not really not really I, I, most spaceships realistically would have to have some kind of uh, uh propulsion on all sides of it yeah so just to even slow down or stop so i think it's reasonable to assume that everything can relatively stay at the same level yeah you don't really need that kind of altitude mechanic um i mean i could see some interesting effects with uh maybe if you're too close to like a large Body, planet, yeah, getting, sucked, getting sucked into orbit or something, yeah. which well, like I mean, orbital decay. Drop, yeah, like drop that. fleet does that. Drop mm -hmm. fleet does interesting uh, orbital. Yeah, so. uh, but otherwise, but it is kind of that's one of those nitty gritty things that I think yeah. would actually ultimately kind of detract from the game. Than well, you know, and I think that's an interesting an interesting thing with drop fleet as well. I mean, drop fleet, um, drop fleet, you are playing over over a planet. Every single scenario they have, yeah. you're playing over a planet. Yep, and it kind of because in a lot there's of no ways, reason for you to just be fighting yes. randomly well, in the middle and of space. Actually, yeah. It actually makes sense because yeah. um, the chances of two fleets actually somehow randomly, randomly bungling into each, other into each other and just the, the vastness, the vastness of, space. of space is so incredibly slim, especially with you know weapon ranges as they're depicted yeah. in in the in you know these science fiction shows like Star Wars where they're like fighting like you know tall ships where they're broadsiding off of each yeah. other and you look at yeah. like, silly it is it I, is I silly love it. for sure it, it's like it's very pleasing to the eye but it's also ridiculous oh of course but um i mean uh, battlefleet gothic is is the most tall ships in space yeah i'm glad oh, you yeah, brought sure. that up because i was yeah, just yeah. thinking that. that is you look at those imperial ships they're just the, exactly. the side is just made of guns yeah. and the guns are the size of half the hole so i don't understand but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, that uh, uh, bringing it to weirdly to like ship design, it's weird that they would just be on the sides because like that means you'd have to turn like rotate the whole ship in, in yes. space yes. to face. Yeah, because your facings would matter because yeah. you're in a three dimensional. Yes. Like you exactly, could be yeah. at any but in angle. Like, but in like uh, movies and 
and, and yeah. all that. It's well, always just like, nope, we happen to be at the same rotation. And without without getting into, because I mean, I'm, you know, it's a huge discussion on like what's the greatest sci-fi out there and things along those lines. And without arguing about it, but yeah. uh, um, I do think it is kind of interesting. You can definitely see what's like the more romantic style of yeah. science fiction that would be like Star Wars and Battlefleet Gothic versus what seems like scientifically plausible or at least makes more sense in space. Where it'd be even something as simple as like Star Trek's Borg Cube, yeah, where it's got facings on all sides, or even Federation ships do as well, yeah. And uh, and I mean, and um, Star Trek even has a game that is essentially Star Trek X Wing, except for it's with their their capital yeah, attack ships, wing. Attack Wing. Yeah, yeah. that's the uh, WizKids one, yeah. uh, and they also have the D and D Attack Wing as well. Mm-hmm. That's I, weird. I don't feel like the quality is as good though. It's not. Oh really no, nice. their their miniatures are very. Kids, kind of meh. It's it's WizKids, so I mean they're also the guys who do HeroClix, so it's very those, much of a HeroClix quality. Quality. And it's it's yeah. not scaled either. I mean, um, the which is <laughs> which is kind of annoying. I mean, yeah, Armada is not scaled perfectly too. Some of the bigger ships are scaled down, like the Star Destroyer is not to perfect scale to the rest of the ships. Well, that would be but very still hard makes, to do. Yeah. Well, and it but it still makes a very big ship, and I mean, and they're even coming out with the Superstar destroyer which is literally that the ship the model it, it's itself two is feet two long. feet long yeah. oh yeah. my god but it is still scaled down further than what the rest of the scale is because obviously you know we'll all remember the iconic yeah. scene in star wars the entire rebel fleet inside that thing yes yeah but like that's an issue that most miniatures games handle i mean look at the rhino versus attack marine hey oh, that's yeah, just sure. what about the old rhino even better oh my goodness <laughs> oh yeah well, it, <laughs> but it, it kind of brings up a, an interesting thought. Just sorry, going back to that, the Super Star Destroyer is these giant models on the board. I don't, do you guys feel like that actually adds to it, or does it take away? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you mean like it actually being in scale? Well, no, no. I mean like I, you know, like as long as it's representative for, enough. Oh God, I love a big model. Uh, you know, like in 40k, like if you have say like a a, re- a Reaver Titan, it just yeah giant dominates the battlefield, but it makes maneuvering that much more difficult for everybody else yeah, yeah. have you seen a, a tau manta in person no not the not the not the 28 I, millimeter i have that a friend is. who has one that thing is ridiculous it is a table it, it is like a table it it's about half the size here's, of like a here, coffee table here's an important question could you remove the top and place zone mortalis inside of it it's not oh my god that would be the best it <laughs> would be good it's Abort it's not the manta. quite not quite that big, oh, but... It's not that detail inside. That's, well, that would well, be a cool detail It does interior. have a lot of detail yeah. inside. And just looking at this thing, because I... Assault the hangar. Yeah, I have a friend who has a Warlord Titan. I have a friend with a Manta. We used to play crazy games when I lived back in North Jersey, but there was just a lot of really big models. And you're looking at them going, they're huge. They're impressive. But holy crap, even these aren't in scale to what they should be. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, if, even if reading, reading the 40K books, Titan Titan scale is so nebulous. It is. And that's yeah. why um, there was a big debate when the new Titanicus came out that it wasn't in scale with old Epic. But also they're Titans, so their scale is nebulous anyway because there's, there's ranging reports on like how big a warlord is. And there's no solid number, really. I mean, reading through all the, looking through all the books, there's, there's, it's well, and and with like so the, different. the new Titanicus is a good example uh, as far as being in scale with old Epic. Um, I actually feel like it is closer to scale just by, yeah. My whole basis for this is just comparing a six millimeter uh, marine to a knight. Yeah, it yeah. feels so it feels closer. It looks it looks much closer. Well, it could just because it the definitely old, looks the old better knights on the are not. That's good. Yeah. The old yeah. knights are very goofy. They, they are very I like them. 
Oh, um, I do too. I mean, they're, but, they're they're good models for their time, but for the sure. new ones, ooh. But like as far as like saying scaling from six mil to twenty eight mil uh, between you know like Epic and Warhammer forty k, those seem to match up a lot closer than they used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm I couldn't be any more thrilled with the uh, new Adeptus Titanicus. I love what I, they did with it. I need to build my hundred more robots or whatever. God, <laughs> God I have so many because. I've I haven't played the old Adeptus Titanicus, but you know, as Aaron mentioned earlier, with that being the first, you know, single box game, yeah, single box of a game, game, yeah. You know, I like that they're bringing it back, and it like the starter box had that feel. Yeah, like when you open this the the big expensive box with all the things. Yeah, it had the terrain and it, it had the rules. You know, you had your two two big, warlords, six knights. Yeah, your your two I big mean, dudes, bunch of little dudes. You know, only complaint is weapon options, but yeah. But even yes, seeing yeah. it as a board game, and then yeah, um, you could pop it open, throw it on. Yeah, table, and uh, thinking about like Renegade uh, when that came out yeah. a couple of years ago with the two. I mean, nobody uh, played it, but that was basically it was, battle tech. Yeah, it was, and it was neat. I yeah. like that they did that, um, and some of the. Board games that GW has put out though have been absolutely unplayable. Like we tried to <laughs> we tried to do yeah. Battle for Kalth and yeah, it's just uh, huh. unplayable garbage. Yeah. Like yeah, it's not good. It you look at the board, like the the whole board that came with it, and you're just like, why? Why did you bother this? Yeah. Like I get that they're like, oh did hey. You try Prospero? Um after Kalth I was uh, scarred and Okay, didn't... that's that's fair. I, I never tried them because I just built them yeah. and was like, These like, are my iron warriors and had a, a fun. Yeah, like everyone kit. else did because yeah, they should have and they I, Yeah, I it, it just seems silly that they <laughs> kind of they're like, This is a board game and you're like, Is it though, well, friend? And, and they did a f- kind of a quite a I mean, because they had the assassin one too, which I'm guessing was probably the same design and um, style. The, not quite. So I heard the lot. assassin game was actually a playable it game. It was more though. yeah, I mean I think it just borrowed a lot from Space Hulk or oh, something okay. stuff like say, that. I will say one thing about those games um that I do think is interesting and talking about, you know, I mean uh, since they do a lot of their uh, Titanicus had had uh, boards to put down for the terrain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and things along those lines just to measure out the boards. Uh, but uh, as weird of a system as they did for those board games and let's be honest people weren't buying it for a board game they were buying it to get the yeah. the 30 marines and, and you know the to get a foot into, the into 30k yeah. and actually play it for things like that but uh the the actual like um terrain pieces the 2d pieces were actually pretty nice pieces yeah and i do think it's a lot of money that, into it yeah i mean it's like it was, it was good you know production for for like a board game but i, I also think it is something you know talk about like zone mortalis It'd be really easy to just swap over to like a heck to a well a grid system and, and ranges and movement, and you'd be able to go through those those tight corridors and play a zone mortalis game uh, using that kind of terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, would that would definitely be a thing that would be very doable. But that's kind of I don't know. It doesn't seem to be a direction that they're going with, which is a little unfortunate because I think that'd be super cool. But yeah, they're just kind of like, what were the other ones that they came out with that nobody paid attention to the board pieces? Gangs of Kimura? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting one. I, I just bought it for all the guys. But like, I read the rules and it it, it, it had a lot of Gorka Morka in it. 
Like a lot of the, the vehicle rules were very Gorkamorka, and I, I liked that. It was weird that there was only the like it just had the spires. That was the only terrain was a couple spires and stuff like that. Because I, I I bought the set and I read through all the rules and I was gonna try it, but then I was like, yeah, I don't care. Well, and then there was a was it Lost Patrol? Lost Patrol. Yeah, Lost Patrol. Yeah, yeah with the that's that's a remake stories. of one of their old games too, isn't it? Oh, oh is it? Yeah, oh, I'm I don't sure. know. I, know that. I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I can see that. Yeah, um, I think it was like a, a Junior Space Hulk. But I never played it, so I, I can't really the, judge. Was the Gene Stiller cult versus... Uh, that no, was a board it, game, yeah. That was a board game, too, I think right? it was still... Oh, oh, the Gene Stillers. Yeah. Uh, Death yeah. Watch Overkill. Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was. Um, I I bought it not as that uh, because I nobody wanted... Nobody yeah, did. because nobody I, did. And I like the fact that they are putting the effort into it, but it's like, yeah. I mean, GW, do you realize nobody is playing these? I think, I think it's just a test for their junior designers, mm-hmm. honestly. I mean, they're Which nom- is a nice way to do it. They're nominally board games. Um, I mean, they they are at least you know writing rules with it. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure there might be someone out there who's like, oh yeah, I actually really I play this game. I actually liked it. I mean, it's it, fun. It, I, I feel like it's more of a it's it's probably just a proving gr- proving ground for their designers, their game, their their rules writers, and also just to try shit out. Yeah. Because like, what if the, if someone has like a what if we do this? Yeah. Then like, okay, well, well, if uh, let's see how this works. Wait with a, a new, with the next board game. Maybe that's how they actually test units in the game. I mean, <laughs> I, if, I, I, to be fair, um, if you look at uh, the Night Renegade rules, that that's where they got how new weapons work in Eighth Edition. They have the damage D six. They have the oh, yeah. minus four AP. Oh, okay. They have all that. So I think that that was that was a testing ground for that. So I feel like their their board game halves. Well, of their games are just testing for for new stuff. It probably comes out as a better way to sort of introduce people into into war gaming and things like that. Yeah, lines. yeah. Because uh, um, and you know, dealing with our topic here with board games and and board games, uh, it's really easy to go from a board game if after you get certain board games under your belt and whatnot, and then kind of go into a uh, an actual war game. Where you're, it's sort of like playing a, a board game, except for that you remove the board and you're building out yeah. your terrain and things yeah. along those you lines. You build your own board. And it's, in fact, yeah. that's that's the way I usually try to explain it to somebody who's never played uh, a war game in their life. I'm like, well, I mean, have you ever played something like Risk or Axis and Allies? You can kind of think of like that, you know, not not really, but kinda, and yeah. then just remove the board and put down other things and scale it down. But and and that might be the, the thought they have going with it is that oh you know board games are sort of like that family friendly all around the table type of thing or whatnot. It might yeah. be a good in although 40k is by no means I wouldn't call it you know necessarily family friendly although I think uh, they're trying to go that way. Well no no they're they're redoing Slanesh no way. Yeah yeah no they they are full bore full bore on Slanesh this year. Yeah, it's um, uh, or next year rather. I'm okay so. with that after. Oh, the, absolutely. Yeah, after the rumors, what was that like a year, two years ago, yeah. where they're like, "Oh, well, we're not sure if Slanesh is going to be a thing." And I'm like, "You no, I play Emperor's Children. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. stop Give that. Well, I, want my, I want my windows. They're a pivotal part of the lore, although that doesn't seem to be, you know, arguably that important yeah. to, to Games Workshop. But uh, I mean, obviously, it is in 30k because they're not, you know, yeah. that's got its own. Well, that's its I mean, own thing by be, itself. To be but fair, it's it's the the Slanesh lore is integral to all Eldar. It is. And yeah. they're a massive part of the game, so yeah. uh, obviously it's important. And I, So I would not say they're going family-friendly. I, no, no, they're no, going they're, way... I, I think that was the old CEO that was like, 
We need to become yeah. more. Well, and then the new one is just like, yeah, fun. Cool well, stuff. I know they're doing like the Let's children's price things, not stupidly. The children's comics or things yeah, along those yeah. lines. Well, I feel like Age of Sigmar is way more family friendly. It is. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I Age, Age of Sigmar is not as dark. No, it's, it's not. It's and little, yeah, the, since the transition Although, from fantasy battles to uh, Age of Sigmar, I feel like, I feel it's, like it's brightened a bit. I actually disagree entirely. Really? Um, from from just a, okay in in lore wise, maybe. But like units on the board, because if you're just like these are forty dwarves, they have axes instead of like these cha- or or like these are uh, big armor dudes and they're chaos, so they're bad guys. They have horns, they're bad. Whereas like the new blood warriors, they have like crazy mouth guts and axes with like guts everywhere. Like it's more in the models now than ever before. Okay, and I, I get and, what and you're I, saying with that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, especially um, with the whole Nurgle fest oh, yeah, of the last yeah. year, and they're just absolutely grotesque. Years, uh, I'm bored of Nurgle. I am very bored of Nurgle. I'm very excited great, but for Slanesh. so much now. But it's like, okay, we get it. Nurgle's a yeah. thing. Uh, can, can we get some other chaos going here? I was very annoyed that they did that for the Rogue Trader kill team. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. why? They... The, why why would you make these? Because there's so many other things you could have done here that would have well, been so death, much cooler. Death Guard was made. You know what would have been awesome? If they did Eldar Corsairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If they yeah, had some really cool. cool new Eldar Corsair units. Or just... Uh, or, know, you know, I, make those kits available. Well, yeah, be good. But, like, they won't because... Because mm. Forge World? I know, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, just with... You're trying to tie into making the GW uh, properties more accessible to like a younger audience. Yeah. Uh, pulling them in through like a board game like Silver Tower. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, a great way of doing that. Or Underworlds, which is a little bit more accessible. Yeah, because it, it's only a few models and, and yeah, it's, it's and it doesn't simple. look it doesn't look as daunting either. I mean, no. I mean, I think we could all remember when we first got to tabletop you know, into actual wargaming where there was sort of that, there was a bar there because you're, you're looking at, well, not only do I need to build the models and if you haven't ever built models before, that's kind of its own that's thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, painting, if you do it, which admittedly, I just, I'm, I'm terrible at it. I don't, I know that's like a massive heresy, but it's just something <laughs> I don't do. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then, and- the army building for the first time. Oh, army yeah. building. What, yeah. what can I actually use? What can yeah. I, what What do I need? What's required? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's and limited? Rules are updated, and then of course also just even the availability of terrain or game shops and things along those lines. Just be able to get a table in. Where a board game where it has its own board with a set of terrain or whatnot. I mean, it's all there for you. Yeah. And on board games, you could arguably say, well, it doesn't really need to be a painted miniature. You could even mono, you know paint it a mono color. Yeah. I it, they look better painted, obviously. Um, and that brings a lot more immersion into it. But for it. like but, a beginner. Then but for a beginner, yeah, yeah. You can, you know, I've got like five or ten guys and they could be, you know, plastic gray or just paint them black or whatever. And, uh, you know, good guys, bad guys or whatever. And you just, you already have the train there. Yeah, it doesn't take red, a, whatever. it doesn't take a four by six table, which is already an awkward, I mean, that's the standard, but nope, it's also kind of an awkward size. four by six. Like, no, I mean, and you there's wouldn't very even, few people, you can't go to like. Target. No, and you won't even have a dining. Four by six. You wouldn't even have a dining table that size. No, it's, no. it's a very different. It's somehow an odd size. It is. Now. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, with some of the other more skirmishy games, like Warm Hordes is on a four by four. Yeah. And yeah. Um, you can play games that are a four by four, but then you've got to tailor your game choice to your 
availability of table. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, Armada and Legion are both on a three by six. That's very weird yeah. to me. Yeah, it well, is. Yeah, I agree. There, well, the, the other thing too is like painting. Like I am notoriously bad about getting things painted because I don't paint. Right. <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, are very good customers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, that, I think that's it's why a, I can appreciate things like uh, like Armada. And, the pre-painted. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that does bridge that challenge for a lot of people of, well, I can take it out of the blister and it's there. It's ready to go. Yeah. I yeah. can. That was the thing I liked about AT43. Yes, oh, yes. Like Which also too. kind of, didn't that have, oh, no, Dust had a board game Dust aspect. had a board game yeah. aspect. Yeah, yeah. And Dust also had pre-painted armies you could buy, like a premium army well, or whatever. That was later the, on, though. The cost yeah. was... Insane. It was bad. significant, yeah. And they, honestly, the paint jobs weren't that great. No, no well, I mean, a lot of the pre-painted stuff's only okay, and I, I know there's a lot of people out there. 1843 was, really was yeah, nice, yeah. yeah. But I know, and I know there's a lot of people out there that'd be like, "Well, I, I definitely want to paint my own stuff. I got my own theme." It, and yeah, people I, still do. Like, it, yeah, it's really easy. Yet. Well, I, I honestly, um, with pre-painted stuff, a lot of the times people just want to change a color or two. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if I wanted to to take my red block from 1843 and paint them green, I just paint over the red. And just yes. do a wash and they're done. Like yes. It, it's yes. a lot easier to customize your stuff that way instead of painting the whole thing from the ground up. Yes. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, that's heresy in a lot of places. Which is but, you know, something still. I like about um, the D&D miniatures that uh, Reaper's doing. Oh, yeah, the pre-primed. With, with oh, yeah. the pre-primed. Oh, pre-primed. Yeah, those. So yeah, those. all you have to do is pull out your paint and go. Yeah. yeah uh, actually, I mean, we've got a bunch of those for... Uh, for Frostgrave. for Frostgrave, yeah. yeah. Which, again, that's another great example of, of a game that kind of plays like a board game in some ways. Uh, I mean, of. you play with 3D terrain, and you're on a smaller board. It's only, I think, a, it's like a 4x4, 3x3. Yeah, I think that one is either... It's a 3 by 3 I think it's 3x3, yeah. It's small. It's another good example of a game where you, you're really like versing... Coffee table. <laughs> you verse yeah. each other, like two, two warbands are versing each other, but there is like an NPC aspect that is controlled just by dice rolls and charts. Yeah. Like where you get to play versus the board in that sense. And and in some ways you could even, you know, I mean, you could cooperate with your opponent in that sense, especially if something really big and nasty comes around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's got, you know, RPG light aspects. Yeah. It's a good it's a good jump from like I could see people going from like something like D and D and then going into something like Frostgrave. Yeah, yeah. Frost Frostgrave is real close to it, it it's also I feel like Frostgrave is a good place for war gamers who don't like D, but to get kind of that role play aspect going yeah. that or like there's a lot of um the gw specialist games are a lot like old mordheim if that was you know better um yeah. i have some <laughs> yeah. problems with mordheim just randomize the skills don't so people don't take the same four skills forever anyway <laughs> but yeah i feel like frostgrave did end up taking that spot that yeah. mordheim left it basically yeah it's a lot oh, absolutely like um I, I really like frostgrave and, and ghost archipelago or Ghost Archipelago added a ton to it. Um, yes, and they're 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 coming out with um, so many expansions every uh, every couple months. And also, like one thing that's underrated, um, I feel, is book price. Yeah, book price yes. is huge. And um, at, uh, there's there's a lot of the smaller companies actually, their books aren't as nice, of course. But like GW books and and even like Warlord books are. Uh, expensive they're very expensive and and flames of war books used to be crazy expensive as well like buying i remember the east front book was like 50 right bucks yeah and now you get half you get like here's the russian book for that era it's 15 or 20 yeah and like um 
the, the all the Osprey publishing stuff, which I think Osprey is a really interesting um, line of of miniature of, of of games where they don't produce the miniatures. Um, but like all their books are like you can buy so many war games from them. Oh, yeah. They're like fifteen twenty bucks, yeah, a piece for each each game, and that's that's really cool. And and they're good sets too. Um, I mean, they they well some of them. Well, yeah, some well, of them yeah, are great, right? honestly. Yeah, but, but uh, that's okay. But Frostgrave's good. Ghost Archipelago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously with the with the stuff that they've done with Battlefront, it's they they had a Team Yankee style rules to go off. Yeah, of, and yeah, fourth yeah. Ed, So that wasn't so much them as much as it was that they were trying to get things in order, add new units, which they did in a good way for sure. And and those books are a little bit more pricey than the, than uh, the other Battlefront books, but they also have a lot yeah. more in them. They did, yeah. So because it, it's it's all well, the armies for they, I mean they they got they got a better deal with their 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 printers as well. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was the main change. Obviously. And don't get me wrong, I actually love that they I love that they do that because the other benefit to it too is that uh, especially with um, Battlefront where they have a lot of different eras that they cover. Yeah, you get the rules out a lot quicker for for your different ranges. Because I mean, you know, with Battlefront, you got like World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, um, Arab-Israeli wars. Yep. Uh, modern. Modern. Yep. Well, and uh, that actually kind of brings me to a, an interesting point. Going back to like the the board games versus war uh, or the uh, regular war games. Um, and again, I'm going to use uh, Fantasy Flight Games as an example of this. Because that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's like their. That's their bread and their, butter. Their, their yeah, that's what yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, but a lot of their their rules actually just come with the, the model because it's all on yeah. the card. It's uh, you don't have a book of here's your faction. It's, yeah, there's no codex. You bought this yeah. unit. Here's their corresponding card or yeah. cards. No army books. No, yeah. none of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it definitely does make that a lot more accessible, which I think is kind of the name of the whole. You know, the light war games, board games that crossover is just accessibility and ease of play yeah because there's a lot of times um where it's like i want to play a game but i don't want to i don't want to drag my ten thousand orcs to the store Mm -hmm. and set up a board i'd rather just like have some beers and and sit in my house and and invite people over and and play a smaller game uh that'll be just as fun and and that's it there's there's definitely a a, a big place for them well i think it's a price point thing too because uh i mean a a lot of these things you take a look at it and you go well i mean if you get into something that's gw if you want to play 40k you already spent a lot on the models but you're also spending a lot on the books well oh yeah so top of that you have storing uh miniatures afterwards so yeah for those of us who play a lot of games storage is a problem (laughs) as we sit in a room full of stacks of miniatures and boxes of (laughs) miniatures and quadruple my number of shelves (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we're all there yeah yeah Uh, and that's where things like uh either the the smaller sizes like you know platoons or even or skirmish games it's kind or even of doing convenient. like six mil yeah, yeah. Or, or a smaller millimeter where you can fit a whole lot of stuff in a, just a little box yeah um you know it really starts to matter yeah yeah sure. yeah well i feel like we've kind of you know tackled this whole wandered, middle wandered a bit but yeah, yeah. we did wander a bit <laughs> I'm, okay i'm happy with where where that wandering went because i feel like the dice discussion is important to board games war games the whole yeah. kit and caboodle it's essential because that's a lot of how how the game works otherwise it's just like my guys look at your dudes okay cool let's all go home um so with the exception of like malifo with its card driven system but yeah another discussion for another day yeah so 
I guess uh, we can start asking uh, what is on your table. So I guess I'll start. Um, right now, I'm working on my Blood Bowl team. Yes. I've got humans. Uh, they've been really fun to play. Uh, small to paint. humans. Yeah, my small boys. And um, yeah, I've been working on those. I've been working on my Adeptus Titanicus lately. Uh, just because those models are so pretty. I like them. Man, are they a pain to build. Okay. The Warlord's a pain to build. The Reaver's annoying. Every, all the rest is butter. It's easy. Yeah. So that's what I've been working on as far as everything else. I mean, I've been playing. I'm behind the times. I've been playing uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild when I'm not painting. But... You know, that's old news, but I'm still having fun. Yeah. I guess me now. Um, I recently finished painting. We've been, we're doing a Blood Bowl League. So I recently finished my Ogres, which have the smallest boys and the biggest boys. They're a great mix. Snotlings are annoying and horrendous, and I love them. They're and also killed one of my humans. Uh, the Snotlings didn't, but the, the Ogres sure did. They can do that. They're great. Strength five all around. Mighty blow. Woo! Kill them all. Um... God, I lose so many games, but that's okay. Um, I've also I've been working through the Blackstone Fortress stuff. Um, and uh, uh, interesting thing about that is um, when you start the 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 quest, uh, the when you start out, you only have to paint so many miniatures, and I think that's that's great. So you'll paint like your four adventurers, and then like the guard and the Urghul and the Spindle drones, and that's all you have to paint at the beginning. And then you'll add on enemies as soon as you draw the card to add them to the encounter. So I think that's a, a really cool and helpful way to kind of parse out. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of minis in that set and getting them all done in, in like before you even start the game is, is real daunting. Um, so I've been, I got to do, that's why I said, I got to do psychers now cause we drew the card. Uh, so I got to paint up the psychers. Um, I'm also painting, I'm commission painting, uh, some Tau. They're, uh, purple and red. It's actually a really cool color scheme cause they're not boring military colors, which I like. Um, I like how they're turning out, and um, ah, gosh, I don't even know what I need to work on next. There's so many. You guys gave me some World War One stuff. I got to do that. Right. Yep. I got. Yep. I got more Raven Guard. I've got a ton of stuff to do, um, and that's not even my stuff. But that's okay. I got to make money somehow. <laughs> so that's that's what I've been doing. Um, I've been building up a, a modern force in six millimeter for a fistful of toes. Uh, as well as uh, Star Wars Legion, uh, getting some more of the units there. All the Legion is really quick to build up. It's it's a pretty. They, you don't have to build anything. Yeah, anymore. they're not complicated kits really. Uh, but yeah, I've just been been working on that and uh, getting some sort of more like micro uh, Flames of War games. And actually, we we played a game of Micro Team Yankee with our our six millimeter modern. And I don't get me wrong, I love I love Team Yankee both in fifteen millimeter and six millimeter. It runs really really well. Uh, and Fistful of Toes is a very fascinating system. Probably a lesser-known system by a, lot, a long shot. A lot older, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the newest edition's old? not uh, too old. I think the newest. No, I'm edition. not sure. The, the history of it was kind of interesting. Because I remember my not... dad talked about it a lot, yeah. a, lo mm -hmm. a pretty long time ago, and he's he does not like it. Oh no! <laughs> it's it's a very old. Well, it's very old game design. Uh, I I do know it's a uh, lot a lot more complex than he likes to play. So it it is a little complex for sure. Uh, actually, I felt like it was simpler than some of the other games we play but we play a lot of games yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. not saying much um uh, but it, it is definitely an interesting rule set we've only tried the world war ii part of it but it does go from like world war ii all the way up to modern 
Um, I could see as you get into modern how it'd get more and more yeah, complicated. He, he played it for modern because, uh, gosh, I don't even remember what he. Yeah, see that that for. could very well be difficult. Yeah, um, yeah, rolling for all the guided missiles and stuff. Is I crazy, will apparently. say the one thing that became very apparent about uh, Fistful of Toes was uh, uh, things that would normally be great in games like Flames of War. You really have to think about. So, like, I ran uh, a Valentine Tank Company, and they only move three inches yeah <laughs> real slow yeah they are yeah. real slow uh and when you have a you know a 90 millimeter uh, lancia to 90 lancia on the other end of the, the, table. End of the table that can <laughs> shoot out to 20 uh, yeah. yeah and my best range 24 yeah uh what six or eight oh, or something geez. yeah it, um, that's a long trek yeah <laughs> yeah a long way to go yeah the the ground scale really makes a difference i will say a, a game with a good ground scale uh can really make maneuver matter Yes. Uh, and smoke. Um, that game also has an interesting spotting system, which I haven't tried yet, which makes uh, infantry kind of really hard to detect, which I mean, kind of makes sense. Yeah. They're far away. They're hard to makes see. Makes recon more important. Recon is very yeah. important. Um, I'm excited to try it more for sure. Okay. Uh, but, but that's what I've been working on is I'm working on a modern Soviet force for uh, Fistful of Toes primarily. And then, of course, I'm picking up a few Legion units here and there as well. Uh, but yeah. All right, and um, Aaron, would you like to talk about our sponsor? Uh, sure, I'll do a not great ad. I'm not good at these yet. <laughs> so um, we are sponsored by uh, Gajo Games. Uh, it is a brick and mortar store in Sandy, Utah, but also, more importantly, for those of you who don't like to paint, uh, specifically historicals in 15 or 28 mil, um, hit up gajominis.com. Uh, Gajo does a ton of different um, eras and scales. Well, they do 15s and 28s. Um, you can pick up uh, tons of pre-painted stuff. And um, the, the cool thing about them is um, it's not like a, uh, you don't have to wait for it to be painted. We have it in a warehouse. If you want 15 millimeter Romans with red shields, bam, ship them out to you tomorrow. Like as soon as you order it, it's out the door. Um, unless we're out of it, of course, uh, obviously. Uh, it does take a while to get restocked, though, because we have to ship it out to be painted. But um, uh, if you want to pick up a force real quick and have it done, um, that's a really good way to do it. Also, uh, importantly, we do have our own miniatures line. Uh, we have uh, watch as, watch Wasatch miniatures. I can't say that word well. Wasatch miniatures. Um, and we. Uh, uh, my dad started doing that because he... Um, he, he couldn't find all the units he wanted for certain things. Um, specifically, with, there's, they have we have a beautiful line of um, French and Indian War stuff because a lot of people don't do a lot of French and Indian War, and that's one of his favorites. So he's he wanted some uh, some nice French and Indian War stuff, so he contracted some guys to make them, and we're the only place you can get them. And you can get them painted or unpainted. Uh, they're the only unpainted miniatures we we, we sell um, besides like regular stuff. But uh, it's 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 good stuff, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a physical, as Aaron said, brick and mortar store in Sandy, Utah. So it's about twenty Huge. minutes, twenty minutes uh, south, south of, of Salt, Lake Salt Lake City, and it is a three-story, only miniatures store. No cards. No cards. Uh, the occasional board game. Small board game section. Um, but really, almost every paint you could dream of. If you want paint, by God, there's a lot. It's overwhelming. What? What? I think there's like one or two that that we don't have lines. Because we have Reaper, we have Army Painter, we have all every Vallejo paint that has ever been made, I think. Yeah, the P3 we, we Citadel. The, what is it? The the Mecca? The AKG Mecca line? Yeah. We have, yeah. So it, if you want paint, 
oh, by God, <laughs> that's the place to go. Yeah, there's an actual like paint department uh, it's, section. It's a whole aisle. Yeah. So it's definitely unique in that people walk in who haven't been there before and it's overwhelming. There's just yeah. so much in the way of just any any kind of miniatures, historicals, sci-fi, fantasy. Yeah. There's something for basically any kind of miniature wargamer. And importantly, we have 14 tables upstairs and just come in and play. Yeah, yeah. free table space. Yep. I would also add that uh, if you're interested in like a, like a history book type of thing or whatnot, they also do carry a oh, large... Oh, yeah, we carry all the Ospreys. That's right. I yes. forgot to mention that. A I never large, think you mentioned that. Uh, a large section. Uh, me being such a history buff, I I love their Osprey selection. They also have a lot of other um, just, I, I don't know, history books that are there available. And I've picked up a ton of books from there, not just miniatures, but just tons of history books from, from this store. Yeah, I forget that's a whole room. Yeah, it's a whole room. We have a whole room of books. Yeah, we just, there are just all these different rooms of things, and it's a little. I, I forget just, it exists. There's just so sometimes. much there. Yeah. But yeah. So that's our sponsor, uh, Gajo. G A J O. We should spell it. Yeah. Because that would make sense. Because hearing it, you don't know what that what, what letters that makes. G A J O. Gajo Minis.com. Uh, the website's a bit uh, old school, but, uh, you know. It works. That's that's a very good. That means it's a good because it works. <laughs> the bare minimum. Hey, working works, so uh, I'll take it. Oh, does it? Good. Thank you. You know what? That's how words work, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I didn't know how, that's how words go. Good. Excellent. Now, thank you. Now you know. Excellent. I've, so I've done it. Sure did. <laughs> that was an ad. That certainly was. <laughs> thank you. All right, um, so I think that's it for our board games, miniature games, and the gray Whatever area the between. Whatever the heck we, want, we wandered into in the in between. So we definitely uh, kind of squirreled there. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're war gamers. That's what we do. We got a lot. We got, there's a lot of games that we all play. It, yeah, yeah. yeah let's all talk right. about rules sometimes. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, now we just have to plan a drunken space Hulk night. Because oh my god. <laughs> that would be entertaining. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like that is a plan that I must do. Uh, so uh, I might have to uh, throw alcohol at you guys and have you scream at Gene Steelers with your guns. <laughs> that that's fair. Because man, that would be fun. So if this goes out in order, which it should, wow. uh, our next episode should be conversions and proxies. Yeah. And uh, what we think about appropriate proxying for models, yeah. uh, conversions, how much do you need to keep original, what yeah. what you can convert, and, appropriate conversions, that sort of thing. And some crazy stuff that I've done for 30k. Yep. That's, it's a whole thing. I have triremes that are gorgons with legs. That's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, it's a bit silly. Well, but yeah. So that's it. That'll so, do it. So tune in next time to the Art of Mini War and definitely go to our social medias. Um, Press all the buttons that help us and do things. Yep. There's a lot of buttons. Most of them help us, and you should press some of them. Yep. <laughs> so like us, follow us, subscribe, do all the things which are good for us. Indeed. 
Goodbye.